This podcast contains explicit content. You are listening to Hardly Focus. Let's begin the show by starting it. Welcome to Hardly Focus, Jack Gill and Nate Fillers. You can find us at HardlyFocus.com on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube at HardlyFocus.com slash YouTube. Very quickly, the band Quicksand released a new album just a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of it right now, uh, but it is absolutely fantastic. And uh, that's who this band is playing right now. So check it out on Spotify, man. It is so good. That's it. This is their fourth album total is a band um their seconds in about four or five years and then before that the last thing they put out was in 1995 so uh check that out what is it just in populations thank you i thought that's what it was called but i didn't want to say it i just you know just happened to remember you know thanks nate (laughs) you're a good egg that's why i like having you around thanks uh mike richards uh is the executive producer of Jeopardy. Uh, he was the executive producer of The Price is Right. He has the worst eyebrows I've ever seen. He has a lisp and uh, he is just a piece of shit. And Go on. Uh, he was named as the host of Jeopardy following the passing of Alex Trebek. Uh, we lost him at the end of last year, 80 years young. And the search was on for a new permanent host of Jeopardy, as as you probably know. The contenders were Ken Jennings, who, you know, was famous because he he won a lot of money and won several games in a row uh, about 20 years ago. Uh, And then uh, LeVar Burton, because it's LeVar Burton. Yeah. But they did a period where they had guest hosts. And um, Mike Richards was one of the guest hosts, but they had, uh, you know, Dr. Oz, who's also a donkey. Uh, Mayim Bialik, who uh, was named as the host of like the the if they do like a prime special ones. Yeah. 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 So she's going to do that. She did a fantastic job. She's also a a neuroscientist with a Ph.D. So, um, you know, she knows her shit. So they finish up the round of guest hosts and uh, I remember getting a notification that said it was from like CNN or something that said uh, Mike executive producer Mike Richards in quote advanced negotiations to take over as host of Jeopardy and I'm looking at that and I didn't like I I, I didn't really pay attention too much to the uh, who was hosting and I see Mike Richards I'm like who who the fuck is Mike Richards Michael Richards, the the racist who was on Seinfeld. No, no, <laughs> different. No, some some beanstalk looking douchebag who uh, is a douchebag. So then they announce that Mike Richards is now the host of Jeopardy, and immediately people are pissed. They're pissed for various reasons. They're pissed because they just spent months doing the guest hosts people who were under the impression that they were auditioning for uh, the role of host for Jeopardy. Uh, some some of them were just doing it because they're like, hey, you want to be the guest host? Others were like, hey, I would like to do this so I can become the host of the show. Uh, 
people, especially with LeVar Burton, really wanted LeVar Burton to take over. Now, all of a sudden, this jabroni comes in that nobody knows, and he's he's uh, named as the uh, permanent host, again, alongside Amy Farrah Fowler. Um, I would say that her her getting the role is well-deserved. I would love to see her take on that role permanently, but she's got her commitments you know, are preventing her from doing it. So anyway, come to learn that Mike Richards, being the executive producer, effectively named himself the host because he has that power. He decided he was going to be the host of the show. Never mind all these people came and, and actually auditioned for it. He he did the Thanos and said, I guess I'll do it myself. Uh, I read that back in 2007 when Bob Barker retired from The Price is Right, Mike Richards auditioned for the role of host and was it was effectively described as a fanboy who really wanted to be the host of a game show and failed miserably at their audition. And I can kind of see that watching clips of him when he was guest hosting Jeopardy. It's, it's, it's like in his mind, it's like he's doing the show in his mind and in his mind, he's great at it. And he's the, he's the greatest host in the history of television and you watch it, and it's just, it's milk toast. It is watching paint dry. It is, uh, th- there's no value to it. It's not exciting. It makes it, makes it boring. Uh, it, there's something about Alex Trebek. Maybe it's just because the guy was a million years old, and, like, generations grew up with him and knew about it. But he was just, he brought a sense of warmth and respect to the show to the players, to the concept. And, and, and like, it made you want to watch. Mike Richards makes you want to turn the television off. He was better than Oz, though. I mean, Dr. Oz, that that's like, uh, he's like Dr. Nick on The Simpsons. He basically, yeah. it's it, like Dr. Oz, I'm convinced, just like purchased his medical degree from, uh, a cereal box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, that's, a, that's I guess, the nice thing about, like, guest hosts. It's like when uh, when Craig Ferguson left um, the Late Late Show. I mean, James Corden was going to take over. Like, we knew that was already announced. But they did a transition period where they had, they intentionally had guest hosts. And some of them were good. Some of them weren't. But you knew it was only going to be a temporary thing. Uh, it's like that with Jimmy Kimmel right now. I think I, Kimmel's on vacation this summer, so uh, you know Anthony Anderson is guest host. I think uh, Sean Hayes is guest host, and it's like if they have these guest hosts, you know, some of them are not going to be great. But if they're only contracted to be there for a couple of weeks, then okay, that's fine. That's that's how long we need to endure them. And it was sort of that deal with Jeopardy. And if we only had to endure Mike Richards for a week or two weeks, then fine, so be it. Yeah. But then this guy decided that he was just going to give himself the title of host. So there was that backlash initially. And then what followed was what happens now. Anytime someone is announced as 
like the host of something they they end up taking over for someone else they get they get a a very coveted position or job title in the public eye uh, and this is this is the thing that we're just going to have to endure now for the rest of our lives is the past. Yep. There's always a history. And I wish people would just understand. I really wish people would understand that everyone has done something terrible in their lives. People have demons in their closets. Yeah. People have said dumb shit. They have done dumb shit. I have said dumb shit. I have done dumb shit, both on Same. both on this podcast and off this podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, my my uh, relationship with Kate fizzled because of dumb shit. Not not entirely because of dumb shit, but because of dumb shit. People say and do dumb shit. It's called being human. What's important is taking accountability, uh, mm-hmm. acknowledging what you did. Learning from your mistakes. Let's look at James Gunn, for example. Said dumb shit. Immediately took accountability for it. Basically got a reprieve. Yeah, he got fired. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. But he got a reprieve. And he was, you know, the, the the higher-ups at Disney said, hey, you know what? It sounds like you're not going to do this again. Like, you understand the gravity of the situation. Yeah, we'll give you a second chance. Because people, people know now. I, th- I think a lot of it too is people realize. I mean, you can look at it a bunch of different ways. I think for instances where like it comes out that people have said and done dumb shit in the last ten or fifteen years, like that guy who was supposed to be on SNL that uh, you know got oh, fired, yeah. like immediately. Yeah, because that guy, he he was like his way. He's like, well, I'm. If you were offended by this, that I guess I'm sorry you were offended by it. Like, yeah, he, that was his apology. He handled that poorly. He he effectively was mocking people for being offended at him. Okay, yeah. then you you deserve everything you get. But if if someone else comes out and says, "Hey, I recognize in the last ten to fifteen years that I said and did something dumb and it wasn't PC and I shouldn't have done it," like if they actually show some degree of accountability and in some evidence that they've learned from it and they're not habitually doing it all the time, then uh, great. Yeah. And I wish more people had that mindset because I still feel like people are canceling, like holding things over people. Like, yeah, there's, of course, there's always a line and for everybody that line's different, but you have to imagine how like that's impossible to like manage when you're doing entertainment. Like some people are okay with this. Other people aren't like, you can't like be perfect for everybody. And like with with CK, all right, I know what he did was gross and I know what he did was wrong. And I'm not saying like, you know, big deal. He asked for permission and they said, yes, you know, no, he abused his power. Yeah. And he, he knew what he did and he owned it. He said, yeah, I fucked up. Uh, I did a really bad thing. And like I'm sorry he you know he's been owning it still um does that you know mean that we can forgive him some people no i think everybody should just move on and i like there's there's a line of course 
And that line always confuses me because like, especially in like the music industry, there's a band that you really like and the lead singer does something like really, really, really fucked up and you like, like the worst thing. And you're like, well, do I hate the music now? And you have to like question like what the line is. So like my question to you is like, how do you decide where to draw the line between art and the artist? Like, right. Like Michael Jackson. Um, recently, I found out that uh, the lead singer of Mindless Self-Indulgence is being accused of some pretty gross stuff. Yeah, but isn't that dude's um, last name like Urine? Well, that's his stage name, yeah. yeah I mean, you expect nothing less from Jimmy and Urine. If, <laughs> and if you listen to his lyrics, you're like, well, that checks out. Right. Of, of course, but like you would think that like he was just being edgy, but then you're like, oh shit, he actually is really it's the same. Gross. Well, it's the same thing with Marilyn Manson, right? It's the same yeah. exact conundrum we had with Marilyn Manson. Yeah, exactly. I, those are two good examples because it's like, well, mm, fuck, because they're really bad, and I really don't appreciate them because, like, again, I think it comes down to them owning it. But like, when it comes to, I don't even want to say what they did. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to that sort of thing underage certain things um yeah that's that for me is that's the line there there's usually like their personal lives you don't learn a lot about their personal lives until the controversy happens yeah those who are open about their personal lives though i guess you'd really have to examine it and see you know is is there really evidence of what they're like outside of um you know outside of of their persona right and i like i i i think weird al might be a really bad example here i'm just kind of like going off the cuff here that's fine i I mean you you know you've heard weird al's music and you've seen what he does and it's just bizarre and hilarious and i know you know it riled some people up back in the 80s when it was you know when he was at his height but weird al seems like a genuinely nice guy he does. I actually like I I remember at the radio station talking to him on the phone because they're doing an interview and uh he actually like the uh publicist whoever he was with uh asked me what my name was related to him and he was actually like good morning Jack nice to talk to you how are you and I'm like holy shit weird Al is actually like talking to me and called me by That's my name. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a cool guy. Yeah, so I I I feel like that as, as long as I'm not talking out my ass and there's some horrific scandal that I'm blanking on, it seems like someone who's just like outside of uh, their persona, a genuinely nice person. Like, isn't it like with his parodies, like he actually like will reach out to the because um, like he did a parody that he, like he didn't do this until someone got mad at him. Some other figure got upset with him over a parody where he actually like contacts the subject of his parody to like discuss it with him and sure it's like hey i don't have to do this because no like, he doesn't yeah he's like he he's chooses. protected yeah but he, he still does it. Do it yeah because he, he 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 doesn't want to uh he doesn't actually want to offend anyone he just he wants to make sure that like hey i, I want to rip i want to riff with you and i want to rib on you but as, as long as you're okay with it yeah. So I'd like to think is again as long as I'm not uneducated in in thinking of or not thinking of like something horrible that he has done that that's like my example of someone who knows how to separate their uh their work from their personal life but like others um 
other people just don't know how to do that. And uh, yeah. so, so with Mike Richards, the thing, so again, it was, people were pissed because just of the whole nature of the scenario where there's obviously other individuals who are much better suited to host a, a show like Jeopardy, but then uh, also finding out that he just kind of gave himself the role, but then finding out that he has a history of just being a douchebag uh, with sexual harassment lawsuits and, and being a sexist and uh, the the thing that people are pointing out in, in the ringer.com did a whole rundown on this and, and had clips of, of audio uh, Richards did a podcast called The Random Podcast, and random spelled uh, R-A-N-D-U-M-B. And uh, I guess that a lot Clever. of... Well, I guess he said a lot of things on that podcast that uh, were brought up and surfaced, and uh, that's largely what fueled now the the moral campaign to have him removed from his post. Uh, so Variety.com writes, Mike Richards out as Jeopardy host amid cascade of scandals. Uh, Richards, who is also the executive producer of Jeopardy, according to the article, saw his hold on the job undone with astonishing speed after unflattering and downright ugly details surfaced about his past conduct and statements he made on an eight-year-old podcast series. I do want to mention, too, that it would people... When I, when I was saying that, like, it's it's things that have come up in the last 10 to 15 years, because I really feel like within the last 10 to 15 years, that's when people really harnessed the power of the Internet and the power yeah. of social media. Because back then, and I will attest to this, back then we, we uh, you know, we knew that, quote, the Internet is forever, but we didn't realize to what extent, right? Like, we didn't realize how, how easy, easy it would be to keep records of of these things yeah that's a really really good point because i think slowly we're starting to learn like how how far back this goes yeah the article says uh richards will remain the show's executive producer and episodes that richard shot this past thursday on his first and only day as jeopardy permanent host will run as scheduled to start off the new season on september 13th man i hope there's like no big fanfare that they did making him you know announcing him and, and having him start as a permanent host like t-shirts and mugs and uh, i hope they edit all that shit out and just treat it as him being the guest host because god that's kind of that's got to be awkward <laughs> your first yeah. day you film a handful of episodes and then like hey guess what i'm not doing this i'm not, I'm not actually yeah. the, the host uh, article continues, Richard's hasty exit as host came a day after the Anti-Defamation League called for an investigation after a report surfaced in The Ringer that Richard's made disparaging remarks about Jews, women, and other groups in episodes of the comedy podcast The Random Show recorded in 2013 and 2014. In the podcast, Richard's had asked his female assistants uh, and his female co-host whether they had ever taken nude photos, or in his words, Booby pictures. Uh, here's the audio from uh, courtesy of the ringer from the random show of Mike Richards talking about booby photos. Well, okay. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Have you ever taken a nude picture? I'm not answering that question to you, Mike Richards. Answer it right now to your fans. <laughs> have not. you? I mean, I've, no, I haven't. Yes, you have. I have not like naked. I've taken like cute pictures of myself. That I what does that mean? Cute. What I don't does that know. mean? I thought that was like so cute. 
Like booby pictures? What are no. we looking at? Like booby pictures? Yeah, I think there's a I, I, there's such a line between like when you're making somebody uncomfortable and it's for comedy and like when you're being silly for comedy. And yeah. I think it's really hard it's really hard for a lot of comedians to realize when they're making fun of something or making somebody uncomfortable and when they're actually creating like a joke environment like it's it's difficult and I'm trying to figure it out myself because I'm going into that world of comedy where I'm like what can I say like what what does this joke mean and for him the the basis of that could have been a joke but the point is is you could hear that she was uncomfortable with him asking that and it's really unfortunate that like it's awkward when you're put on the spot and your reaction is to be like, <laughs> this is so awkward. You, you laugh and then they're like, they're laughing. They're, they're okay with it. Yeah. Um, and I, as opposed to they could, uh, it's, it's impossible to do, but it, you almost wish like myself included, I've been put in those situations where people have made me feel uncomfortable. I wish I had the power to be like, Hey, that's not cool. So. Yeah, and it's impossible because you're in the it moment is. and it's awkward and you laugh because you're like, huh, because because uh. I, I would like to think that now I I you know we'll check with you know everyone on this show, you and and Mike and Ack, and confirm like if there is ribbing going on. Hey, were you okay with that? Yeah, because in the past and for a long time on this show, because of, you know, the influences that I had way back when I thought it was funny to do that. And I was under the assumption that everyone that was like, hey, it's just it's it's for the show. It's all in good humor. It's you know, I don't mean yeah. it. And then listening back to that and finding out like, wow, not only did I come across as a total asshole, I am I would not be surprised in the least if everyone thought I was being serious. And there yeah. were there were some events that culminated in in people like getting really upset, and there was also like it's also because I, I'm I'm trying to communicate better with people too because there's also no communication that happens, and if someone's like upset with you know a joke that I make or um, comments that I make, like hey you know you know what would really at least sway me in the direction of never doing that again, bringing it up and saying something, yeah. And when people don't bring it up, if people don't address it, it's just going to keep happening and it could, yeah. and it's going to get worse. And I'm speaking as someone who's been on both ends of it. Yeah. So, um, and then when someone finally brought it up to me, I'm like, okay, well, Hey, I won't do it again. And I make it a point not to, because it's not healthy. No. Uh, so, and that's, and I don't know if I know nothing about this, this podcast this random show. I know nothing about it. I don't know if the co-hosts were, uh, you know, in on the in on the joke. If if there was any discussion that happened before or after about this stuff, uh, but regardless, because it's there, uh, it's it's what's come to light, and it's this is you know sort of the same thing like with Shane Gillis, the the guy whose name I can never remember. It just I just happen to remember it just now, nice. where he was on a podcast and said a bunch of now his shit was just like borderline racist. I mean, it was just like. Oh yeah, he he was. I heard what he said. I mean, he's like making fun of like really Asian bad. people. I think yeah, and that's number yeah. one rule radio. You never make fun of Asian people on the radio. But uh, 
it, it also no accountability. So uh, as far as I know, I mean, I know that when Richards effectively said he was stepping down, it was because uh, he's like, hey, you know, uh, things have come to light and I'll be too much of a distraction. I think he might have apologized, but it, it was just sort of like if he did, it wasn't. People don't really seem swayed by it. They don't. They they they're not like. Uh, I know Sony said, "Hey, we're you know pleased with his decision," but other people aren't like, "Hell, you know, maybe he learned. Maybe he's not such a bad guy after." I haven't heard that. I haven't seen that. And I think people would actually be crazy to say something like that. But uh, so we we had Richard saying booby pictures, and now here he is. Here's some more audio from his podcast. Um, where he uses the terms booth ho and booth slut. Here we go. And to the point to where Beth got a job being a, was it a booth ho? Is that right? Yes. At, at CES? It was a booth babe. I don't think yeah. they use the word ho for that. <laughs> what is a booth babe? A booth, a booth slut is someone who dresses up in very provoca- provocative clothes. I was in a uh-huh. t-shirt. Well, she was in a white t-shirt contest. <laughs> You know what this is, Nate? It's, it's, he, he's trying to be a shock jock. He's trying to do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying, he, he's just trying to do like a, you know, an edgy podcast. He's trying to be funny. This is the same shit that we do. But here's the difference. I'm not gunning for a, a you know, the role of host on a reputable uh, game show that's, you know, that. it's, yeah, well, it's intended for, you mm-hmm. know, intelligent people. You know, I, <laughs> this is the same shit that we talk about. And this is the same stuff that we have said, but yeah, um, yeah, but you know, we also know what our limits are and we know, we know where that line is and where not to cross it. It's complicated for me because like we were talking about before, it's like the role of a comedian is to find that line where, you know, to say things that people aren't comfortable talking about and to see how far you can get past that line. Um, so it's pretty much the job of a comedian to do that, to say what people are not always comfortable saying. And, you know, but at the same time, it's like, there's this mindset of like, okay, no one has a perfect past. And like, we've all said and done stupid shit in our past. Yep. And it's just so overwhelmingly complicated to decide whether or not it is deserving of being stripped of your title. Because if you're on one side where those sorts of things offend you, which rightfully, um, you're going to feel some sort of like, like dopamine release in seeing that they have been stripped of their title. Whereas if you are more like a joke's a joke kind of person, you can be more like, okay, they're taking this way too far because if we constantly cancel people who have never, you know, we're only going to hire people who have never done anything ever. Like, how's that going to work? So I think there's like two sides of the equation and I see both of them. So I'm, completely conflicted on where I stand in this matter, which is why I always want to talk about cancel culture. Not because I 
feel strongly about one side or the other because I honestly cannot decide. I feel like some days I'm like, fuck yeah, fuck Ellen. She was a piece of shit. And then I'm like, well, you're a hypocrite because like also CK was a piece of shit. And, you yeah. know, where it's so hard for me, man. It's like, it's- because I'm, I'm trying to do comedy too. And I get it. Like, I, you you want to say things that make people uncomfortable sometimes because people don't talk about those things. Yeah, it's it's account it, it's accountability. It really is. It's, yeah, because like if you look back at Ellen, Ellen did like a whole thing where she was like effectively playing the victim card. Like she's on TV and she's oh crying yeah that was that. bullshit. Yeah, that's when you play the victim card or you do the Kevin Spacey where you're like. Address, oh God, that, oh. You're addressing all these allegations and then turn around and make it about yourself. That was so creepy when he was like, I'll be back because you need me. Yeah. It's like, ugh. Like, yeah, I take these allegations very seriously. Also, I'm gay. Like, fuck you, dude. No, talk about... And and even, like, a band that I very highly respected called Beach Slang. I loved that band. And then it turns out that the front man was a manipulative asshole piece of shit um, that... uh, emotionally abused their tour manager who's an absolute sweetheart and uh when that came to light when she called him on it and james alex like all of a sudden disappears and they shut down all of their social media accounts their record label drops them and then like his they, they, they release a statement and i think it's like his wife wrote it where effectively there was no acknowledgement made towards the tour managers no apology there was nothing it was all about him it was all about uh, it, it effectively playing the victim card. There was no like taking ownership of what happened. Instead, it was like he he's bipolar. He needs help. He he's on suicide watch now because he tried to hurt himself. Like okay, but what about the manager? What about her? What what you know? What, what are you gonna say about her? Because like this is people don't just throw this shit out. It's a very serious allegation. Yeah. So. Uh, here's it's, it's it's complicated, yeah, for sure. Here's one more clip of uh, Mike Richards on um, his. Uh, oh no, you know what? I, oh, I do. Okay, uh, here's one more clip of Mike Ripper, Mike Mike douchebag <laughs> on his. Uh, I can I can speak uh, on his podcast talking about frumpy, overweight swimsuit models. Here we go. Everyone's gonna wear one pieces and look really frumpy and overweight. Yeah. Now, uh, that's so funny because no one's overweight, but but they all look right, terrible in the picture. Yeah, they look fat and uh, and like not good in the picture. It's bad. Oh my god! You look great. Hilarious. You look like a Sports Illustrated model, and then you've got One Piece Malones on either side of you, <laughs> which are like, just horrible. I can't wait to meet my roommate because she's literally gonna be like walk up to you in like a bag and be like, "Hey, hey, what's up? Hey, I'm wearing that? a smock. I'm wearing a smock, and I'm gonna give her a smack. You ready for some news? <laughs> I know." Yeah, it's it's he's trying to be funny. He's trying to be edgy. Honestly, I'm thinking about it. It's not realistic in the least, but I've been thinking about this. If I was ever in a position where I became a public figure and people like, hey, someone's like, hey, you want to do you want to do this thing? You want to take on this thing? Honestly, dude, I'm going to say no, because I'm like, hey, I'm I'm sure in the 10, 15 years I've been doing podcasting, someone somewhere has audio of me saying something stupid. And I'm and I will and I'm I'm fully willing to attest and admit that, that it's I've done it 
And I, I'm does not. Does that mean you don't deserve anything in the future? That's where I'm that, trying to figure that, out. That's why I'll argue because I also say that listen to, you know, listen to the last, if, if you have audio, something that we said and did in 2009 or whatever, then listen, find something that we said or did in the last five years because we've changed. We've changed our tone because we know because people have brought it to our attention already. Yeah, and that's what learning is. Yeah. And that's that's my problem with all this is if we get to a point where we're afraid to say anything, then we're never going to move forward and we're never going to learn. Yeah. We're we're always going to be in a state of like what is okay and what is not okay. I think when you put out an opinion that's bad, I think that's fine if you learn from it. Yeah, But if you are just completely put up this complete wall where no learning happens, I don't think you should be able to put out an opinion if you're unable to learn. Right. Because I think that when you put out an opinion and somebody like confronts it with enough evidence, they're not just like, because I say so, Yeah, but with enough evidence that you can't, look at it and be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I can see your perspective. You know, I think that's the difference, but I feel someone like you who has said things, I mean, yes, I'm going to say it was not saying that it was right, but in 2009, we talked differently. We said different things. We were young. We were, you know, we thought we were being funny. It's just like, uh, and yeah. I'm not saying this is acceptable and this is uh, exonerating anybody, but it's like, look at back when we were in school and like, hey, hey you're gay. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Because we thought we were really fucking funny and uh, not realizing what the impact was of, of some comment like that, where a few years ago I get a text message from someone with whom I'm no longer associated messaging me and be like, Hey, that there's that band the 1975 you like them right i'm like and i respond back i'm like yeah i love them they're great and then i the response back i get is you're gay and i respond i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you why would you do why would you just text me out of the blue to ask me a question and respond with you're gay you're in your 30s dude like that's pretty bad what the fuck and they and they're all like oh i didn't i wasn't trying to be i was just joking just joking you were just joking what the fuck that is everyone's that is the go-to response for someone who is a toxic uh, scourge of the earth piece of human sewage i think if you say the the phrase i'm joking i think you need to go into how yeah like how it was a joke like because I I would be curious to know what their mindset is. If like, you if you say something like that and follow it up with "Oh, I'm joking, I was kidding," step in front of a moving vehicle. And I'm not kidding when I say that because you don't deserve to be someone who is taking up valuable resources such as oxygen. That is just the behavior of a terrible person. And now they're not going to learn from it. Yeah. So it's just yeah. It's, but, it's, one, it's one thing if you're like 16 years old because, okay, yeah, you're still a kid, all right? You're going to learn the hard way if that's what you're going to continue doing growing up. But when you're an adult and you're in your 30s and you have a family and that's what you're saying and communicating with people, God, I'm yeah. sorry. Well, that's extreme. Now I'm, now yeah. I'm crossing the line. But that's because we don't need people like that. 
We don't it's, need people like that. See, I'm in a position to say, like, could you go somewhere else? Like, just go to a different fucking planet or <laughs> something like that. Because I, I am always like on. I feel like I'm always walking on eggshells or whatever the fucking expression is. Like, yeah. Sometimes I'll be tired and I'll forget. Like, okay, there's some things you can say and some things you can't. Which I'm not saying like, you know, I'm gonna censorship this and censorship that and cancel you this and cancel that. But like, I used to say like I'm retarded. I used to say that. that. I used to say that like all the time because for me that meant like what the the word means to be slow, like to slow, you know, and somebody came up to me and was like, that really offends me. And I never said it again, except for right now. That's the first time I've said it. (laughs) And I, I get it. Like to say like, that's gay about something that, you know? Yeah. And that's what I want is someone to call me out and tell me like, Hey, what you said was awful. It was terrible. I don't like that. I'm like, okay, I won't ever say it again. Now, granted, this is me after just going on a tirade and saying that, you know, hypothetically speaking, someone should off themselves for being terrible. But that's, I, I don't have time for people like that. And I, in, in all seriousness, those people should go to hell. But really, yeah, it's very yeah. emotional because it, it it gets to the frustrating part, and it goes back to the thing where it's like it's so much easier to be angry and to say things in rage as right. opposed to when you're like depressed or anxious or anything like that. Right. I don't. I don't wish nor would say things like that to people who actually understand what it is they said and did and and like immediately take account. And I don't, I'm not the kind of person to be like, I demand an apology. No, yeah, no, cause I that's, get it. that's the shit that like when I was growing up with my mother being fucking verbally and emotionally abusive to me on a daily basis. And then if I, if I showed any, any hint of even snapping back, uh, ultimately call, I demand an apology. Like really? Like you, you just yeah. fucking called me fat. Like you, you're, you're, you're making fun of things that I enjoy. And then when I show any sort of, uh, uh, displeasure, or anger about it, and then all of a sudden now I'm, I'm insolent and now you demand an apology from me. So now like, I don't do that. I don't go to people and say like, you know, when this person texts me and just out of nowhere, just to tell me that I'm gay because of, a, a of a, a band that I enjoy. Uh, I'm not going to be like, Yo, that was really shitty what you said. I demand an apology. Like, no, I'm just going to say that was really shitty what you said. If someone owns up to it and apologizes and then actually shows that they uh, offended someone and they're going to learn from it, then, okay, cool. I respect that. I might still be upset about what you said, but I can respect someone understanding the impact that it had and moving on. But if someone's response to something like that is, oh, I was just kidding, and they don't apologize... And they, they continue doing it. Yeah, and they get defensive and try to justify why they did it. Then, again, step in front of a moving vehicle. Because at that point, you're just going to do that to other people. You have a family. Do you do that to your kids? Do you say that shit to your wife? Do you say that to other people? Like, one day, you're going to say that to the wrong person, and they're going to knock your lights out. And that's fine. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. So anyway I'm, I'm happy that... Um, Mike Richards isn't uh, hosting Jeopardy anymore. That guy sucks. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't said like, like a dick joke. Like, 
Mike Dick, or, <laughs> you know, something. I don't know. There's something there. I, there I were, mean, there are tons of people that were good, and yeah. I think like there are plenty of other people that could. I mean, I was surprised by Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Was it the football yeah. guy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I watched a lot of Jeopardy to watch the different hosts, and he was good. Surprising. I, I really liked. I was actually really surprised that uh, uh, LeVar Burton, people were saying that like his, his it, it didn't live up to expectations. Like he, he could be good at it if he if he like actually takes it on as a permanent role and grows over time. But people weren't like they kind of walked away from it like ah, that wasn't as good as I thought it could be. So he kind of got the shit end of the shit end of the stick uh, because a lot of the hosts got two weeks. And he was on when they got one. And I noticed that the first week for the people who got two weeks, most of the two week people were really raw during their first week. And by the second week, they kind of got the flow. Yeah. And I think I will agree that I did watch him, LeVar, and he was awkward because he was, it's almost like he was trying too hard. Um, I don't know. It's, I, I guess it's like if you're an established actor or performer that then is now doing something like a game show host. I just feel like inherently you're not going to be fantastic at it unless you really put a lot of uh, unless you take a lot of time to really hone your skills in. Whereas someone like you know Aaron Rodgers who has literally no aspirations to do anything like that. You know, he was so chill. It was amazing. I was like, I'm relaxed by this. I might actually watch football now because uh, <laughs> he's just so relaxing. Yeah, I mean, and, can, I mean, you talk about athletes. I mean, the retired athletes always go off and then like become commentators yeah. or radio hosts, and some do really well at it, and others are just awful. But he was also funny because, like, during like sport questions, when it would like come up with football and they didn't get it, he'd be like, "Oh, come, like, really?" <laughs> like, it it was funny and yeah. like, and I, I'm not saying Lavar did bad. I'm saying he, I think what he did was he he did it his own way, which is fine. It's something different. But I don't think it worked for Jeopardy. I think it would work more for like, like, I feel bad saying this, but like a children's program. Like the tonality that he had was just so like fun and loving and it just didn't work with Jeopardy and I don't know. I don't exactly know what I'm saying, but I know I'm just talking. Well, don't, don't forget don't forget with LeVar Burton, we had this growing up. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. I and I'm playing the whole damn theme song, by the way. Good. Friends to know and ways to grow. A reading rainbow. damn right with perfection and that's the thing is he added like the way that he spoke was very like he seemed like 
he was having a really fun time. Yeah. And that's not anything bad. But when you're like saying like, like too excited kind of, you know, like instead of just like being like, I don't know, I don't really know what I'm saying anymore, but I, I'm sure somebody out there is like, yeah, yeah, I see what you're <laughs> saying. And I'm like, good. Cause I don't fucking know. Well, you know, basically like this person went down to the river to play, you know, yeah. like instead of like this person went down to the river to play, like there's two different deliveries and one of them fits jeopardy. And one of them, again, he didn't have time to really adjust. So he did get the shit end of the stick. Uh, let me let me just switch gears because you're talking about Louis C.K. and this came up about oh, yeah, a week so. ago, really quickly, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Louis C.K.'s latest comeback: an oddly normal night of off-color comedy. Oh, he played at Madison Square Garden, and the reception was warm. I did you watch his special last year? No, I I paid for it and. I was like, okay, yeah, this is something. He admitted he came out guns blazing. He said, "Hey, how's everybody doing? Did anybody get in massive trouble last year?" <laughs> like he was like he owned it. Yeah. Which I mean, which is fine. I mean, as long as he doesn't keep doing what he was doing before. Yeah. But it's that's always going to have a black mark on his on his career. Like if he I would be very surprised if he got anything like um what was that? Was it Pets or Secret Life of Pets? Because remember, he Secret was Life. yeah, he was the lead in the first one. I'd be surprised if he ever gets anything like that again. But if if he can sell out Madison Square Garden multiple nights, then you know, stick to that. I really like this show, Louis. I really was sad that they took that away from him. They took away everything from him. His his and, shows were good, man. His TV shows yeah. were good. Yeah, he was funny. I used to listen to him on Opie and Anthony all the time. One of the times I went and to xm just to hang out on the show he was there and he was nice he was nice to everybody but here's my problem with that is the fact that there are men who have done worse than he's done and they're still out there doing it yeah and they're still out there like doing what their job is or so to speak and my opinion and i know i'm probably going to get some heat from this is you know at least he asked you know at least he asked he used his powers to influence people but other people haven't even asked right and they're still doing stuff and they're still on top so all i'm saying about that is what the hell like I, that you know i know what i said was bad because i know but it's just like and at no point when am i saying like what ck did was fine and he didn't do anything wrong i admit what he did was fucked up but i'm saying that compared to somebody else who is still running free who has never lost anything in their lives you know that's all I'm going to say about that and probably talk about it for probably 10 more minutes because to undig this hole that I've dug myself into. Well, let's uh, regroup and uh, we can talk about things that are not so shitty. What is that? How does that sound? Good.
<laughs> you 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 want to keep talking about shitty things? Well, I'll explain. Like this episode's a little different for me because we'll talk about it later. But I'm hearing myself out of one ear because I I because I did things because I am vaccinated. So, oh, okay, so, yeah. Yeah, well, we can we can talk about that coming up. All right, stick around. We will be back. This podcast is hardly focused. Hey, one time I huffed Gorilla Glue, and that was a mistake because some of it got in my nostril. What are you buying? Check out the Hardly Focused web store for things you can wear and things you can stick on stop signs. What are you selling? We carry shirts, face masks, and stickers, all bearing the logo of our fine program. Get your Hardly Focused gear today at hardlyfocused.com slash store. <laughs> Thank you.